0: Connecting life and faith. This is connections. When
1: I got to, um, Josiah White's residential in Wabash, Indiana, it was uh, it was life changing to me. As um, I felt loved, I was in church six days a week, and I rededicated my life. And I felt so safe. And then. A year later, I was there for 14 months. Then they let me right back out to go right back into the same situation. I wanted to stay in church, so they actually took me to a church um, just right before I got out, so I can meet some people. And they um, and I can remember pulling up, and I was so excited. And um, so we walk in and we go to the youth service. And so we go to the youth service and uh, the youth pastor uh, was um, at the head of the class and he introduced me, but they avoided me like the plague. And I knew right then, (laughs) it chokes me up all these years later. I knew that if one of them would have reached out to me, I so badly wanted to change my life. No one reached out to
0: me. Life wasn't perfect after that for today's guest, but she was eventually able to turn things around. We're joined today by Jody Ballinger. She is now an author and a speaker and sitting on Connections. She shares her testimony. Today's guest has a story that is heartbreaking. It's filled with agony, but it's also filled with redemption. We're joined today by Jody Ballinger. She is an author and a speaker. The name of her book is Beautifully Unbroken, The Prostitute's Daughter. You have an absolutely powerful story, uh, a story of transformation, and we're going to get around to that in a little bit, but we wanted to get to know you a little bit better. Just tell us a little bit about yourself and life right now.
1: Okay, well, um, I am a um, grandma of five, and um, I we have two children, um, Mindy, 35, our son's 30, um, they both have families and, um, and we enjoy, um, speaking and, um, and so we travel often and I'm also a life insurance agent and a healthcare specialist. So
0: very successful and yeah. it sounds like a very happy and joyful home, but that wasn't always the case for you. Tell us a little bit about your childhood and life growing up.
1: Okay. So to me, I, um, I had, you know, you don't know any better as a child. Um, so to me, I had a really good life until, um, I was nine years old and I was coming home. I was in third grade, uh, coming home from home from school. And there was a moving truck in our driveway and I walked in the house and the house was empty. And that's when my mom told me that she was leaving my dad and that we were going to move from Fort Wayne, Indiana to Cleveland, Ohio. So as a nine year old, I mean, no warning, nothing. Um, so we moved to her sister's house in Cleveland, Ohio, um, And within a week, uh, they were major drug dealers. So within a week, at nine years old, I'm smoking pot, I'm popping pills, and my life was never the same again.
0: What was going through your mind? You're you're nine years old for most nine-year-olds girls were, you know, back in the day, were playing with Barbies and Legos and whatnot. What was going through your mind? Like, I can't even fathom what was going through your head at that age.
1: I was, okay, so um, they had children. So I had about four cousins that I immediately started, uh, you know, hanging around all the time. And so this was their life. And so It quickly became my life. And I I can remember um, wanting to go back home to my dad. Um, I remember that not being an option. And so I just started doing what everyone else was doing. Um, By the time I'm 11, uh, I am now fighting. Um, So now I'm in and out of the children's home, in in and out of juvenile. Uh, By the time I was 14 years old, I was doing meth. Um, And thank God, um, the county that I lived in actually sent me to a, uh, to what I call it referred to as a reform school. And, um, but it was a faith based reform school. So we had to go to a church six days a week. That was life-saving to me. Um, I absolutely loved it. I could tell that they cared for us. And from nine to, so I entered that home when I was 15 and a half. So from nine to 15 and a half, I really like took care of myself. I, uh, I, I, did not have the home of a warm meal waiting for me and all that. And when I could see friends, uh, friends around me that had that, that wasn't, I didn't have that. And so I ran the streets. I was partying all the time. I can remember in sixth grade, me skipping school for two months, two months in the sixth grade. Um, and so, uh, I was, when I got to um, Josiah White's residential in Wabash, Indiana, it was, it was life-changing to me as um, I felt loved. I was in church six days a week and I rededicated my life and I felt so safe and then A year later, I was there for 14 months. Then they let me right back out to go right back into the same situation. So, within a matter of a week or two, I'm doing the exact same thing. Um, Now, I can tell you that um, they did, um, they knew that I wanted to stay in church. So, they actually took me to a church. Um, The pastors um, took me to a church in Muncie um, just right before I got out so I can meet some people and they um, and I can remember pulling up and I was so excited. And um, so we walk in and we go to the youth service. And so we go to the youth service and uh, the youth pastor uh, was um, at the head of the class and he introduced me. And they, I don't know what it was about me, but they avoided me like the plague. And I knew right then, it chokes me up all these years later. I knew that if one of them would have reached out to me, I so badly wanted to change my life. No one reached out to me. I knew that day that I would never go to that church again Mm -hmm. and that I would be back doing the same thing because I wasn't accepted. And so I just feel like it's so important to let people know just a smile, go up to people, welcome them, because it would have changed my life. But instead, I found myself in women's prison within a few years of that, uh spending six years in prison. Um, but I can remember being so excited and I'm gonna meet new friends. I'm going you know, I just really wanted that. And it didn't happen.
0: We hear that all the time. A lot of our interviews, yeah. people who have had a rough life walk into a church and then they sit in the back, they sit in the yeah. corner. And nothing happens. How can we as a church do a better job when it comes to that?
1: And you you know what? Since I am one of those people, I see new people. And I think it's because I was there. Mm. I will walk up to them, thank them, you know, start talking to them. Because I know how it feels not to have anyone. So it still makes me cry today. (laughs) You know what I'm saying?
0: It impacted your life greatly. Did that affect your? Okay, first of all, how was your faith in the midst of all of that chaos prior to you entering that school? And then your faith after that incident happened?
1: Yes. Okay, so um, I can remember um, when I was about five years old, my mom started going to uh, church. And I can remember loving it. And I can remember, remember the felt little people, you know, Mm because I'm in kindergarten and they're telling the stories and I can just remember really liking it. And I can remember getting baptized and me just loving, you know, that we went to church. Well, then something happened and we didn't go back. So when I went to White's and I had that feeling and I, uh, I knew that they really loved me. They, they, um, gave me attention. Um, and I was the girl that really needed that because I had just went six years without it. Hmm. And so, um, up, so five years old, we went for a short time and I can remember, I love this. I love Jesus. I, you know, and then we didn't go, but I never stopped believing. Um, And then after spending a year at White's and then me going to that church and them completely not even talk, you know what I'm saying? Just disregarding me. um, I was so let down as a teenager. And I was just like, if they're not going to accept me. You know, I can't do anything about it. I went right. Matter of fact, I dove back in to Mm. the drugs, the sex, the, all the stuff that goes with that, because that's what I've known since I was nine years old. Um, And then I can remember, uh, so Billy and I started selling drugs um, and our house was raided by a SWAT team. And, um, they took our nine month old little girl from us and stuck her in foster care as they should have. And they, uh, put Billy and I in jail. We bonded out. And at that time, both of us were like, we need to change. Uh, we need to change where we're living at. All of our friends were on drugs. We knew that we needed to change our atmosphere. And uh, so then at that time, we decided to move to Indianapolis, which was about an hour away. Now we live in Indiana. So we move about an hour away. We were homeless, slept in our car um, because we, we knew that we had to change um, our friends. We knew we had to change everything. I, I got a job. Billy had to go to drug rehab. And shortly, uh, within a week or two of me getting my first check, we were able to get an apartment. Actually, it was a house in Fountain Square, Indiana. And um, and so we um, were making steps. We knew that we couldn't stay in the county that we were in we or else we would be back in the same situation. And uh, we would talk about going back to church. We because Billy was in reform school with me, and so we would talk about that. We wanted that, and um, well, while he was in drug rehab, um, I was I worked at a gas station and I was robbed at gunpoint two times. So he gets out and he says, If you're robbed one more time, you're going to have to quit, quit that job. Sure enough. I get robbed at gunpoint one more time, and so that next day we go in, and uh, we're waiting for me to get my check, and a guy comes in off the street and says, uh, my cars, my truck's overheating, can I get some water? I give him some water, he comes back in, and he says, I don't know what, what happened, But my car's fine. So um, and then he overheard Billy saying, we need to go because I need to go find a job. And he said, you need a job. And Billy was like, yes. And he says, I'll give you a job right now. I do Mm -hmm. construction and I need a helper. So Billy was able to get that job right there in that conversation once Billy accepted the job. Uh, Then he said, by the way, can me and my wife come to your house tonight? We (laughs) we need (laughs) need no one in Indianapolis. Um, But like most people, we do want friends. And Mm -hmm. so, and, and plus he had the hook in Billy's mouth. He just gave him a job. And so we were like, yeah, sure. Come over. Him and his wife came over to our house that night. His wife took me in the kitchen and him and Billy were in our living room and she starts ministering to me and she starts talking to me about the second coming of Christ. And I'm like, stop, get me saved right now because I just knew it was going to happen any second. (laughs) (laughs) I rededicate my life sitting on the kitchen Floor in our house And uh, Jeff is talking To Billy and he's Talking about the church and Everything we started Going to a little bitty church uh, in, in Fountain Square and uh, Within Probably three weeks Billy would had the tambourine going uh, During praise And worship well what they Did not know well Jeff and his Wife we told them that night that we were that we had to go to trial in a few months uh, because our house was raided by a SWAT team. Uh, thankfully, they did not find any drugs, but they did um, find stolen property in our house. So we were um, so we had three class D felonies uh, theft, receiving stolen property um, that we had to go to court within the next six weeks, um, and we were taking it to jury trial. Um, so when we went to this little church, their little church, we found out that their pastor was an Indianapolis sheriff. Oh, wow. And so, <laughs> and so we were like, okay, well, we don't want to tell him that we're in trouble because then he'll think that we purposely came to his church to get help. So we didn't tell him at all. And so we ended up going to, uh, going to trial. We were found guilty of uh, all three Class D felonies, and we were sentenced to six years, I was, we both were sentenced to six years in prison, and so here I am, 19 years old, just a few months after this, uh, at the Indianapolis Women's Prison downtown, Uh, Facing six years in prison. Now, mind you, I was, I don't remember if you know, if you remember this or not, they used to do a scared straight program. And so I was 13 years old when I was in juvenile, and they actually took a group of us to the Indianapolis Women's Prison. And that's where inmates get in your face and try to scare you into, you know, doing right. Well, that didn't work for me. (laughs) I went. (laughs) And, um, so they were in, in my face and I left the Indianapolis women's prison when I was 13 thinking I will never be in prison. Mm -hmm. And here I am 19 years old, only six years later, facing a six year prison term. And so, but I had just gotten saved in a little church right down the street from that women's prison and, uh, so, uh, we had visitors coming in and, and truly my life did change. Um, I went through some ups and downs as you can read in my book, beautifully unbroken, the prostitute's daughter. So I was in Indianapolis prison, women's prison. And, um, and so I was going to church, but I wasn't all in, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes. I, I, Uh, I had just rededicated my life six, you know, six to eight weeks prior to that. Um, but on the other side of the state, Billy was in his prison and he was all in. And so for that next two years, um, he, um, he, I mean, he wrote me every single day that we were in prison except for Sunday. And, um, he really was that, uh, stable guy that got into the word every single day. And in his letters, he's trying to encourage me. Well, after the first year, um, I thought God should have gotten me out. I had this time limit on God <laughs> and, um, that doesn't work <laughs> <No>. <laughs> And in my head. That was it. And so, um, you know, I just kind of put the word down and I thought, you know, he, that didn't work for me. You know, he's not with me. And, but Philly has stayed in the word. And then uh, we ended up getting a, uh, the Indiana Supreme Court sent us back to court uh, to get a new hearing on why she gave us aggravated sentences for stolen property. And so when we went back, she let us out after two years. Mindy now, uh, when we got locked up, Mindy was nine months old. And um, when we got out, she was three and a half years old. Wow. We uh, were able to get custody of her um, because of Bill's faith and standing on the word and two full years of really digging in the word and just soaking himself in the word. We started going to church and I had to get back into it because, you know, just everything from the past and which took me probably a year to really let go and go, okay, Lord, I'm yours. You know, I'm completely yours. Um, And we've been living for the Lord ever since. And I'm just thankful for people um, that has, uh, really given us a hand up because when we got out of prison, we, neither one of us had families that were, you know what I'm saying? We were not Mm -hmm. from close family. So it was really, truly him and I, Jeff and Diana, the guy that he met in and worked for at the gas station, They came to visit us the whole two years that we were in. Jeff's Mm -hmm. parents came to visit me every single week. I was in prison for two years. And they just truly showed us the love of God. And I am still best friends with Diana, Jeff's wife, still today. Um, And so I'm so thankful for people like that, that even Mm -hmm. after we were out, Didn't leave us hanging. You know, they, Billy went back to work for him when he got out of prison and um, really for people just to give each other a hand up. And we definitely needed that.
0: Why is it so important for you to share your story?
1: Because I know that there are other people like me out there that they've been let down by other christians and they're like oh they you know i don't belong there because you know this or this happened and i'm saying go to church for him and not them (laughs) and so and um and it took me a long time to get over that even i still cry. When I think back about that, because I was so in so ready to meet new friends when none of them wanted anything to do with me. And I was just like, do I have a sign on? You know, (laughs) like, why do they not want anything to do with me? Um, But I know there's so many people out there that has went through the same thing that I have Um, and they need to know, you know, what? There find the right church because there are people out there that will accept you and will be your friend um but go for him
0: you never know how one simple moment of just listening to someone or saying hi
1: or you know even waving
0: can change their life yes.
1: yes, that is true, and that's ex- and so I. Maybe go over the top on that. (laughs) You know, when I see someone coming into the church, I want them to know that I see them. I want them to know, you know, I, we always introduce ourselves. Um, But yes, yes. Even if just someone looks over and smiles, Mm. I mean, to someone um, that is taking that step of faith to just to even come to church. They need that. Even if they say they don't need it, they need it.
0: What would you say to some, you know, to that Christian out there that struggles with this, that doesn't know what to do in a situation like that, but wants to to do, wants to be better at that, wants to make people feel that love. What would you say to them and how can they start doing a better job at that?
1: Yes. uh, Just, just stepping out and, um, almost stepping away from themselves and forcing themselves to do it. Because if you do it a few times, it's going to become normal. Um, and some people are not that type of person. And uh, so we shouldn't expect them to be like me and all, you know, but <laughs> just for them, just to say, thank you, welcome to the church. Or, you know, just a simple word or two, um, just a smile uh, you know, maybe, maybe they need to work into it. Um, but at least smile, you know, make the uncomfortable comfortable. That's right. Yes. Uh, tell us a little bit
0: more about your book, how people okay. can get it and why they should read it.
1: <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, um, I, uh, I wrote this book in the, in the cover of the uh, book I purposely made uh, to where it doesn't look like a Christian book. Mm. Um, so, um, this book, um, you can actually give this to the unsaved people in your life The people that you know are on drugs are just not in the word. And this is a book that they're going to look at and go, oh, wow, I want to read this. Um, So Beautifully Unbroken, The Prostitute's Daughter, Um, it starts off with my mom's story. And then it goes into my story and then Billy and I's story and um, and. The book, it's very, and we left, you can't put everything in a book. Um, We left so much out. Um, Billy's going to be writing his book within the next few years. Um, But it really is for uh, the people that have had a rough life. And it's also for the people that haven't had the rough life that want to find out, because when you're reading my book, it feels like you're right there, right, standing right beside me. And, um, and I'm getting ready to go uh, speak to some ladies. um, And uh, they are young mothers. They're still in, um, they're still in high school and they're young mothers. um, But they're mentors. I, uh, their mentors are going to read my book. And, um, and then I'm going to go speak to them because, um, if you've never lived that life, you almost can't fathom it. Um, but if you read the story, most likely some of them, if not a lot of them come from a place that I came from and it, and it gives you better understanding, um, if you've never been there, how does it
0: feel to be on the other side of this now and to look back and go, wow, that was my life.
1: Yes. I am so thankful. And both Billy and I still almost (laughs) on a regular basis say how thankful we are not to be in that life anymore. Um, It's, it's not an easy life. It's not a comfortable life. From the time I was 15 years old, um, I wanted out of that life. I I I wanted to figure out how do I get out of this, and um, yeah, and and our children didn't have to live that life, and now our grandchildren didn't have do not have to live that life, and that right there is huge, because it is uh, having to struggle every single day. Um, Because you're on drugs, because you have made really bad decisions is is a horrible life to live. And unfortunately, there are a lot of people that have never seen the other side of that, Mm -hmm. that they that's all they know. And I hope that at some point someone can minister to them or give them a book like mine uh, that shows them you don't have to stay in that lifestyle there is a way out and it's probably, I mean, uh, churches are right there in your neighborhood. Um, but you know, you have to make them welcome enough. That's why outreaches are so important, you know, uh, to have things outside, maybe in the parking lot, um, so that they don't have to walk through the doors. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. To begin with. Um, that maybe they can go to your outreach and then eventually go through those front doors. But it's okay. going to take everyone to welcome them and for them to feel comfortable enough to do that.
0: For their mm-hmm. listeners that want to either read your book because they're in that situation or they know someone that could use this, how can they go about picking up your book and learning more um, about you?
1: It is uh, jodyballinger.com. And, uh, it is, uh, and then they can also, um, go to, uh, break or billyballinger.com. And it gives them tour dates. It, it has a whole bio, um, and they can find out more of what we do now.
0: I could talk to you forever. Your story Uh, is powerful. And I'd love to spend more time in conversation, but we have to end it. So I appreciate your time and for taking the time out of your day to have this conversation with us. And thank you so much for joining us and for listening today. Remember, don't forget to leave a review and rate our show. We'll talk to you again on Connections.